on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Kyle Lumen, how you doing? Hi, Kyle. This is Lon Lopez from Fanboy Planet. Thanks for taking a minute to talk to us. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, now, I just got a few questions for you. Um, basically, uh, you know, Fanboy Planet's been kind of following the, the trajectory of this film since we first heard about it. And it, and I'm sure it must have been a, a big kind of journey for you. So what's it, what's it feel like to finally get this movie released? Wow, it's just, it's tremendous. I'm still excited about it. That's the thing. It's even after all this and all the trials and tribulations and all of the constant good stuff too, it's um, still got a lot of energy. I'm excited. I hope it does well and keeps expanding, and I'm ready to keep getting the word out about it because I really believe in it. And I think, um, you know, I think fans and fellow fans like me—that's who I made it for—like are going to really get something out of it. They're going to smile, and I guarantee people are going to laugh. So it's just. Um, it's exciting, too, after all this hard work and everyone that's, that's put so much time and effort into this and stood by it, that it's finally getting, you know, the theatrical debut, so I'm, I'm proud, I'm really excited. That's great. Um, now, we've heard different stories in covering the film, like uh, it was going to be released as a different version and, and the cancer storyline was going to be completely removed. Now, so can you get, once it's, now it's released, can you give us... The, the final word on, is this the version that you wanted to release and put out? This is the best version of the movie we've ever had. Okay. So that I'm very excited about. Are there little things that I'll go back and change and add in? And I think, the, I think there's one or two beats for the cancer storyline that should have still stayed in there mm-hmm. that I argued over. But you know what, when, when they're going back to more or less the original movie we set out to make, which in this case it was... I mean, the thrust of the story is exactly back in it. It is, you know, close to what we had set out to do. I, I was I was content that, you know, at least we got back from almost having a completely unrecognizable version to back mm-hmm. to saying, all right, we were wrong. Here's your movie back. Go fix it. Go make it what you can, but take these five notes in hand. So I was like, okay, if that's the only constraints, then deal. Let's do it. Right, right. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we got a version that you're happy with. Um, now, the other thing we thought was really interesting in the creation or, or the uh, production of the film was you worked pretty closely with the the Stormtrooper group, the 501st. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. They were very instrumental in uh, making the movie. And so can you tell us a little bit about how they helped out your production? Well, the first thing we did when we got to New Mexico is I reached out to fellow fans, and I found the... 501st, I found the Star Wars fan force, um, and we just um, started bringing them into our team, you know, some of them said, hey, you mind if we come over after work to help out the art department, so these guys were not only building the, the Stormtrooper armor in the movie and letting us borrow their Boba Fett costumes, but they were, they built the Ewoks, they helped us do the THX guards, um, they even helped our costume designer with the Star Trek outfit. So it was really like a big team effort. And all of the props and all of the toys you see 
collection. Use it in Linus' bedroom, or here's our collection. Go put all this stuff in Hutch's carriage house, and and you know for the archive, everyone bring your best stuff. And so fans would show up with this, you know, uh, master replica props and real R2 units and C3POs and you know fedora whips and willow spell books we we made. But like everything you can imagine, those people coming together to kind of you know, decorate the shelves and the space and make it as real and rich as possible. So without them, we would never have the budget to do it. So they were a integral part of our team. That's awesome. And it, and it really shows on the screen, too, because it definitely shows the, you know, the commitment to fandom or, or basically the reflection of fandom that we all kind of share. Um, the other thing I liked about the film was your cast really felt like they were old friends and they really bonded together well. Can you talk a little bit about what was it like working with the four guys and, and everybody in general and in, in the overall making of the film? Well, there was a great camaraderie. I think people knew, you know, with our budget, we were up against it and uh, kind of put in the extra effort. We didn't have any, you know, difficult people on set. We were divas. Everyone knew what the what the task was and that you had to focus, do your couple of takes and move on. Uh, we didn't have a, a luxurious shoot to say the least. So it was grab what you can and do it. So I think people all banded together and had that spirit, you know, they had to do something. They're doing something fun and special, something that people really loved. Everyone that worked on the movie, from production designer to prop guy to sound mixers, it was all people that had affinity for Star Wars and this, you know, this kind of, you know, era that we were trying to capture. So um, people just, you know, put that extra... Uh, 10% in, which was, was amazing. And the cast themselves were, you know, really had this great chemistry. You know, once, once I introduced them all, they all got along. And mm-hmm. it's very rare, but we were very fortunate that they had that, that spirit. You believe that they were lifelong friends. And, um, you know, you believe that Kristen would hang out with them. And they're, they're not like, they're not losers, you know. They're just everyday people who like this stuff. And that's what we were trying to capture. You know, that's what they cast these kind of guys because they're likable. Right. And, and the the last question I have for you um, is basically this. It's like you said, this is a movie for fans and it's, you know, help created by fans. But I also think that it has an appeal for a larger audience that aren't necessarily fans. Um, how do you think this movie will connect or uh, appeal to the non Star Wars fans, if you will? Well, I think there's something in it for everyone. I think the movie's really about friendship and yeah, on the surface of Star Wars and that's how you sell it. And they talk about that a lot. But there's something more behind what they're saying. There's a spirit to it and a passion, and that's what you can identify with. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you can say, oh, I'm into fantasy football, or I'm into, you know, um, comic books, or whatever it is that you're also into, you're going to say, okay, but I get what they get like when they're together and they talk with their friends who are into the same things. It's very spirited. So I think um, the movie has... You know, this universal stuff, sort of how far you will go for a friend. And um, so while we aim to make a great movie for our core audience, I just knew that, you know, if we did it well, people would say, go see this movie. It's great. It's got a lot of heart. It's fun. Um, you know, take a friend. And I find a lot of even women who say, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I love the movie. They really like the guys and the spirit between them and the relationships. And, right. and like I said, the heart was so important in this cut of the movie. Um, that was the purpose of why we made it. You know, we wanted to capture something that I think people feel, fellow fans feel when they get together. And um, so, 
even if it's not, you don't think it's your cup of tea, I think you know people are going to find something really special about it and enjoyable. I agree. I uh, Basically, it's a limited release. Uh, you, the, what cities uh, can we uh, tell people to go see it in? It's in uh, nine city, like eight cities, nine regions. You've know, got a couple in New Jersey, too, and South Jersey and Cherry Hill, and then North Jersey and New Brunswick. But we've got ten theaters in New York. We've got ten in Los Angeles. And all in all, we've got eight cities uh, and 45 theaters. We've got Seattle. We've got San Francisco. We have Houston. We have Austin. We have Philadelphia. And we have Chicago. So it's a good cross-section of the country. And if it does well... This initial weekend, uh, this is the first couple of weeks, and they're going to see that there's a larger audience for it. It's more than just people, you know, it's more than just a tiny subculture. There's a larger a larger life for this film. So it'll open up into more theaters if people get out this weekend and show them that there is this audience and bring their, their, their friends. Definitely, and, and we'll definitely do our part to help spread the word because we, uh, at fanboyplan.com, we, we have to promote the fanboys, you know what I mean? And I, th- I think you captured that really well. Well, thank you, Kyle, so much for taking the time to talk to Fanboy Plan today. We appreciate it. Uh, we wish you much success with the film and good luck in the future. Uh, and thank you for spending uh, the time to talk to us. Thanks, Ron. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Man with a dream. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.